0: This is DWZ Podcast here with Jay rod here. The lead at own very own podcast of professional wrestling with AEW, NXT, New Japan Pro Wrestling, Impact Wrestling, the National Wrestling Alliance, various promotions, wrestlers, matches, and championships. I am your host, J-Rod here, folks. Now, let's begin with some interesting content coming up here. The first one, we all talked about this before. This is regarding about... Nash Carter and of course the NXT tag team titles. Now, let's recap about what took place. Um, right after Wrestle- during WrestleMania week, I mean after Stand and Deliver, Nash Carter's wife Kimberly revealed that she suffered uh, domestic abuse in the hands of Nash Carter. Uh, she posted photos of herself all bruised up, busted, uh, split lip split open, and all this and that. And the real question remained was was WWE going to take action towards what transpired? Well the answer to that question, yes, they did. They took um <coughs> they took a bit of a lot of um action on this one. The first one was being that Nash Carter is being released and this also resulted for the relinquished of the NXT tag team titles. Now, let's talk about that in a little bit. The real question did remain: what they're going to do with it. Now, prior before this coming Tuesday, WWE announced that there is going to be a gauntlet match for the. Well, before that, they they were going to crown a brand new <coughs> uh, NXT tag team champions. This past Tuesday, uh, was today. I believe it's on the twelfth of April. <coughs> and later was turned tell it was gonna be a gauntlet match where five teams. We have the Creed brothers, Legado del Fantasma, uh Sangha and Grayson Waller, Brooks Jensen and Josh uh Josh uh, Briggs, and of course, uh, the new guys, pretty deadly. Now, this was one of those things, situations like, okay, it makes sense. Now, keep in mind, they did not want to mention about why were these titles were relinquished. It could lead to bad PR or whatever the scenario was. So, if you must know, I was impressed with the Gauntlet match because I have to say the Creed Brothers were impressive. They put a lot of stamina, a lot of energy into this match. They were the first ones to go in, but their opponents, who came out as the second as the second team, was Legado. I was like, "Damn, that's insane!" But later it became Josh Briggs and Brooks Jensen. They even slammed Brodus into the damn uh, announce table. I was like, "God damn, that's crazy!" But he was able to save the day, allowing themselves to win the match. And then their second opponents. I mean, their third opponent was none other than Sanga and Grayson Waller. And Waller was a freaking snake. His arm wasn't busted, for Christ's sakes. So, basically got away. But Brodus picked up Sanga. That was very impressive. But their latest stunt, but their their last opponent they had to go through was pretty deadly. I have to say they did a fantastic job, but you know, Pre-Dee will do whatever it takes. They claim they are the best tag team in NXT. I mean, they did that when they were in NXT UK. They used tactics that are like the ref cannot see, not like low blows and all that. Using tactics that means not crossing the line, but making sure they win in any way possible, and that's what happened. I would love to see, of course, Creed Brothers. Once again, go for, an, for another title shot. They, they deserved it. They had a standing ovation for this particular match. And I completely loved it. Now, speaking of WWE, let's talk about this other thing. The call-ups they had, apparently, once again. What in the fuck is wrong with WWE? Why are they are claiming there's something broken and they think they can fix it? Let's talk about that as you know, there's been some recent call-ups. Gunther ended up going into uh, the main roster. He showed up on <coughs> SmackDown along with Ludwig, formerly known as Marcel Bartel. Now, this is rather bullshit in my opinion. I wish I could just tell WWE, enough with the name changes. It's full of it. Because the problem is this. Why are they trying to fix something they think it's broken? That's the problem. This is why WWE have a hard time trying to keep up with fans. Like we see wrestlers that we've seen in the independents, and they're ch- telling them, "You got to change your name. Don't associate yourself in the past." I had it with that crap. And that's not the worst thing. Raquel Gonzalez was also called in, but the only thing they had to change was her last name. She goes by Raquel Rodriguez. Now, to be fair, my real last name is Rodriguez, folks, if you guys haven't picked it up. So, J-Rod, with the Rod means on my, name, J. my, my nickname, J-Rod, is Rodriguez. So, if you guys knew that or not, I'm like, oh, my God, I hate when people do this. I hate when WWE have to change names. I'm sure some of you don't like it, but... It's full of crap, I have to say. I'm sick of it. I'm just sick of something that they say it's broken, but it's not. So, that's what I have to say about that shit. Now, let's move on with Ring of Honor. Now, if you guys may have heard what's going on. There's been a lot of talk about, okay, is WWE, I mean, is AEW gonna br- or Tony Khan going to bring back people from the Ring of Honor? Well, amongst the names that he brought up, is Maria Canellis, Mike Bennett's wife. I have to say, it's a smart move. I have to, the reason I say this. You look at Gail Kim, who is the official producer of the Knockouts division. She's done a fantastic job. I have to say, Maria Canellis is in the same type of level as Gail Kim. She did a fantastic job. Even she mentioned on a podcast interview, she loved the job. I mean, it's a no-brainer, in my opinion, to have her come back and be the lead of the women's division. Try to, to be that same kind of person that produced the women's division in Ring of Honor. It's a no-brainer. I mean, I, right now, from what I understand about what's going on with her, she's, only ex- not, she's not exclusive with, with Impact Wrestling. <coughs> but she does have a, an agreement with them on pay-per-view appearances. And all this and that. But that's soon to be expired later. So, it, but she did say she's going to be working on another project. But I hope she does come back to, inf- to um, Ring of Honor. Because I feel she's the right person for the right job. And I, I, it would be a damn, fool, uh, Maria's a damn fool if she doesn't take this job. Because I feel she's done a good job. And I think Tony Khan valued that. that that's what I think people don't understand. I think Tony Khan is trying to figure out in the Ring of Honor roster who is valuable to him. Who could be of value to the future of Ring of Honor. And I think that's what he's trying to figure out. It would make absolute sense about that. Now, related to Ring of Honor, as you know, we have brand new signees that were signed to AEW, but they will be part of the Ring of Honor roster. And that is, of course, the... Gates of Agony. Toa, Leona, and Khan. Now, Khan has been with Ring of Honor as part of the SOS with Moses and part of Shane Taylor's promotions. Toa, Leona, he's this new guy I've seen mostly at AEW Dark or Elevation, but he was impressive on one match in particular that I saw. I'm not sure if Tony Khan caught that intention. If he did, I'll be happy the, to say it's one of the most smart decisions to move. I have to say, yes. Khan was part of the Ring of Honor but for a short time, but he's back. I'm glad for that too. So that's pretty much it with the Ring of Honor stuff. So let's move on to the next subject. Now this one is a bit of a, not tragedy, but more like, I just can't believe it happened. This past Sunday in Japan, April 10th, Pro Wrestling Zero One founder Shinjiro Otani went paralyzed. Now, you probably say, how in the hell did that happen? Well, this is what took place. He was in the main event to take on Takashi Sugiura. Sugiura pulled a German suplex and he tossed him to the turnbuckle. Now, once that happened, they noticed something was wrong. Now, this is what I did here. Otani is fully conscious. He can hear. He can see. But he can't move. Now, they had to tell the people to please exit out the building due to the fact they are transporting him out on a stretcher. And it's understandable. Um... Representatives of the G1, I mean zero one, said uh, he suffered a injury in the spinal in the clavicle spinal cord that requires surgery. If they didn't take care of that now, it would be degraded. Basically, Otani is 49 years old, and I'm like, dang, that's gonna suck. But the, he had the best uh, wishes from Willem Regal, Samoa Joe, uh, Christopher Daniels, Natalia. But I heard this interesting news that uh, Kyrie, uh, Kyrie Sain <coughs> is donating her recent merch money to Otani and his family because right now they're going to be facing an uncertain future. Now, the real question is: Does remain? Will Otani return to the ring, or will he retire but remain as promoter? That is something that's still unclear. We don't know yet. I mean, this past. Um, Tuesday on the 12th he was No, today actually which is the thirteenth in Japan time he just had surgery and I haven't found out yet information but hopefully I'll put that as a news update for everybody because we really want to know if he's going to be okay. So that's pretty much it about Otani. Now let's move on to a match that's going to take place this coming Saturday on the 16th of April. We're talking about John Moxley versus Will Ospreay. How did this match came about? Simple. We all know John Moxley ever since he was no longer with WWE. He was like a kid again. Wrestling wherever he goes. Wherever he goes. But he did talk about how do I say this? Facing the best wrestlers that the world has to offer. Like Kaguichika Okada. um, Hiroshi Tanahashi. Shingo Tagagi. The best in the world. But one particular person. Took offense to those words. Or should I say. Took offense. That he did not mention his name. And that is. Will Osprey. Will Osprey vented his frustrations. On RevPro months ago. Saying it's a load of horseshit. That he had to talk about Okada, Tagagi, um, Tanahashi. And he's like saying, what the fuck is wrong with you? I'm right here. I'm the best in the world. The best right now. And, and, and that's what happened. And of course, Moxley had a response saying, what the hell is wrong with you? I thought we were cool. We had Korean barbecue and this and that. You didn't even invite. So basically... He wants to say, "You want to face the best in the the best right now, and I'm right here, and you're ignoring that." Now, Will Osprey is confident enough believing he can beat a guy like Moxley. I mean, look, the guy is a freaking animal. Moxley is an animal. He loves violence. Now we know Will Osprey can throw violence, but is he in the same type of level as as he? That's a good question. But, <laughs> I hate to see him where he bleeds uh, bleeds out. That's the thing. So, I'm kind of excited for that match in particular. But, uh, I have to say, this is going to be a slobber knocker match. Trust me on that. So, I cannot argue about it. But, I can say... I'm going to be extremely happy about it. If you know what I mean. So that's it for that match. So let's talk about something else. Now, I don't know about how you WWE loyalists feel about this. Sarah Rowe, formerly known as Sarah Logan, has announced that she'll be making appearances with Control Your Narrative. Now, If you guys don't know what that is, that is more like a rogue group promotion led by EC3. Now, let's talk about Control Your Narrative. Like, you probably, probably asked me, what the hell is that? Well, let's talk about it a little bit. Control Your Narrative is basically where it's a counter-culture show where they step away from the glitz and glamour that WWE were known for over the years, and I have to say that's a very interesting. You can say it more like an anti-wrestling show. In a, in a certain way, uh, you had guys like EC3 running, uh, West Weston Blake, um, <coughs> Big Damo, Austin Aries, but later now we heard that Sarah Rowe made a decision that she wants to make an appearance. Now, I, I understand that some fans were anticipating that she would make her return back to WWE, as you recall. Let's talk about a little bit about her. Uh, Sarah Rowe, a.k.a. Sarah Logan, was in fact um, was part of the Riot Squad with Ruby uh, Soho, better known as Ruby Riot, and Liv Morgan. Now this is what took place if you remember. She was released from WWE in 2020 due to the pandemic and all this other stuff. Now we haven't heard much about what was taking place, but we do know that she uh, had a child and she married is married to um uh, Eric Rowe who is one half of the of the uh the Viking group, the Viking Experience. Or we call it War Machine, however you want to do that. So, basically, that's what happened. Um, She did make her return to WWE for the Royal Rumble. But a lot of fans were anticipating that he will return to WWE. It looks like she didn't. She looks more like she just decided, I'm just going to, you know, just go with this. Now, it's still unclear... At this point, whether she's going to be doing this a whole lot. But a friend of mine did state that she could be a perfect fit. She did uh, sign appearances for two shows already. May 13th at Cleveland, Ohio. And May 14th at Detroit, Michigan. But beyond that, we don't know. I mean, I haven't seen any of the control your narrative events. But I'm sure uh, it's going to be a good show. But at this point, like I said, I don't know what's her deal is but I have to say hopefully it becomes good if she does knock it off at of the park I would say if she loves being with this group, stay with them but right now let's just wait and see now our next topic uh, this is a brand new wrestling promotion created by uh, a guy named Mike and someone you guys may have heard of. I think it's Coger. Yes, the same Atticus Cogar from GCW. He had his first show not about last month called Screwed. Uh, screwed, or th- those things that he posts on, that puts people's he- those spiky things on people's heads. So anyway, he had his first show, Circle Six. I have to say it was a pretty good show. I enjoyed every moment of it. Yeah, Christopher Daniels versus um, RSP. Uh, of course, the main event was Acticus Coger versus Masada. You see, uh, Acticus Coger lost to Masada. No, one, beat Masada like uh, in 2020 or 2021. I don't remember which one. But it was a good show. But everything else was great. I have to say, I was enjoying that particular show. And I think it was interesting. Now, some of you probably say, is he going to go to GCW? I highly doubt it because the, the, there's been a lot of things that he went through because. He said that there was a lot of uh, toxicity in GCW. Now, I'm not here to bash GCW. I mean, I have to say I love GCW for what they can do. But that's what he was saying. Saying there was a lot of toxicity. Things have changed since Hammerstein Ballroom. Um, Of course, members like uh, RSP disappeared right after the the war games. And that kind of went into it. But he said this is how this thing started with Circle Six. Last year, Atis Kozkogrg was here in San Diego, where I live. He actually uh, was part of the GCW versus uh, Fist Combat, which is the um, the local promotion to um, how do I say here in San Diego. But this is what happened: Atis Koger was not himself. This guy named Mike. Noticed something, so he pulled him to the side and talked to him, telling him how he was feeling, and they both decided, you know what, let's start a promotion together, and that's what he did. He wanted. I think it's Koga didn't do this like to <coughs> start a war with GCW. He built this more like for to live off wrestling, and it's understandable. And that and that's what happened. And I have to say. It's a pretty good one, and I think a lot of people can relate to that. So, what did I thought about this show? I have to say it was pretty good. I enjoyed it. I loved it. I hope I get to see more of it, because it's different. It's a bit fresher. But it does have a little bit of the feel of GCW in it, but that's how it is. So, I think that's pretty much what I, I'm going to talk about. Um, I think that's pretty much it, what I got for everybody here on this podcast. So, uh, I think that's pretty much it. So, I'll see you guys on the next episode. There will be some more content. Don't forget, I will be doing a brand new video. I just released a new one, uh, uploaded on YouTube, where I talked about um, not only NWA Power and... uh. NXT 2.0, AEW Dark, but I also did um, which ones I did, ICW No Holds Bars and Stardom. I will be doing a new one that will be released on Thursday later on with a No Peace Underground, All Japan Pro Wrestling, two events from Tokyo Shipro Pro and AEW Dynamite. So that'll be coming up. So if you guys don't have me on my YouTube, go to Deleted Wrestle Zone. You might find it me there. It's It's pretty cool. Um, I'm up to 664 episodes in. So, right now, I'm working on 665. So, I'll see you guys on the next DWZ podcast time. Same podcast channel. I must bid all of you adieu. So, goodbye. And have a nice day. Bang.